When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We did talk about boundaries and it's so easy to cross, especially not seeing that person and having that built up emotion. And So a chaperone is like a accountability partner when you can't guarantee that your partner is it's kind of like a conflict of interest right it's like oh they're my accountability partner but yeah you both have the same desires just have the phone to talk to each other that was something that we had to break down how we were feeling what we were going through and really communicate with each other dear young married couple you're in a busy season of your life you're probably working and involved in ministry on top of that you might even be parents or students You're maxed, but you really want to stay connected in your marriage. And that's why we're bringing this podcast to you. I'm Adam King. And I'm Carissa King. And we work with busy couples just like you in our counseling office here in Sacramento, California. We also work with couples all over the world through online counseling. And our couples are really just looking for ways to communicate with each other more effectively. Some of them are looking to heal from a breach in trust or find direction in fulfilling the purpose that God has for them. So come and join us as we have a conversation. We'll talk with therapists, authors, pastors, and other couples who will pour into us, giving us tools to become more intimately connected, get adventurous, and find purpose. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Dear Young Married Couple podcast. So today we have uh, my sister and brother-in-law, Mackenzie and Nick Norris with us in studio and our studio is actually um in washington today we're actually sitting here at our at adam's parents table looking out at the wenatchee valley it is beautiful we've got a river running through but we're so glad to have nick and Mackenzie with us so welcome guys Hey. Thanks. <laughs> we kind of uh, pushed them into doing this podcast. But we know it's a, a needed topic. Yes. And we get a lot of people asking us questions uh, that have to do with this topic. So today we're going to tackle long distance dating. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, sure dating in general is going to be talked about. Yeah. But um, what are some things to avoid? What are some boundaries to put in place? Yes. Uh, we're going to kind of cover that subject. So let's start with you guys and your story. Uh, so how long have you guys been married first? Almost six years, six years in September. All right, six years. And you guys have a little baby and yep. he's our little nephew, Nico. He is the same age as our son. So it's been fun watching them wander around together this week. It's been a blast. <laughs> 
So, um, Nick, you're from Canada, mm-hmm. and Mackenzie, you're from Washington, and you guys long distance dated for how long? Around 10 months mm-hmm. of uh, probably talking to each other before, well, maybe a little bit longer than that. October of 2013. And then we were married in sep- the end of September of 2014. Okay. All right. So, so almost moving, a year. Moving pretty fast. So yeah. quick. Yeah. <laughs> Long distance is no fun. So true. How do you... So the first question that kind of popped in my mind, and uh, I think actually people ask this too, is how do you know? Like 10 months is very quick, uh, I think, for a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, that's true. How do you know that McKinsey was the one for you? Um, then that's a good question. Um, I'm probably, uh, a little different than some people. I mean, I, I recognized, um, her values very quickly in conversation. Our first conversation we had, was we were, kids we, we started talking about how many kids <laughs> nice. in a, in a, in a potential relationship. We, the just, first conversation, <laughs> the first serious conversation, there was no, I should there say. There was no playing around. There was, yeah. <laughs> the first serious conversation we had, I mean, we were friends and we talked, but the first serious conversations we discussed, um, life goals, mm. uh, values, children, family, um, just kind of some mm. ideals. And so I good. recognized that she shared a bunch of those values with me, mm. um, Obviously, uh, I liked her. She was, I thought she was cool. She was fun to spend time with. Um, and so just like the basic, uh, attraction indicators or whatever, I thought she was pretty. Um, I, I hope she felt the same and <laughs> she seemed to, she gave me a little bit of attention. So we just, we kind of <laughs> just, just hit it off. Um, she reciprocated the feelings and yeah, just early on we felt like, or I felt like we shared the same values. So mm. I guess from there we we grew on those, but right in the beginning we kind of I kind of felt like at least we did feel the same about the the big things of life at least. Mm-hmm. All right, so I want to slow that down. Yeah, because I heard you say a very important word a couple of times: values. Um, I think that's a good place to start a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you mean when you when you say values? Like, what does that entail? So, I mean, fundamentally, we both shared uh, a Christian faith and specifically a, a, a single sect of the Christian faith. And that was very important for us because um, I've seen others, not not insanely close to other people, but I've seen others who, um, even though they might both have been Christians or something, they still had a different definitions of what that meant. And so for us, we recognized that um, our faith is primary importance to each of us Mm -hmm. we shared fundamentally the same principles of faith and so that was the first hurdle that we got over immediately and recognized there's not going to be any major issues uh, if there were a potential relationship in this area so that was like very beginning you guys had those conversations about faith yeah at least Mm -hmm. i do you think so yeah yeah our first conversation like over the phone after we had seen each other at a church conference, um, and we were kind of interested at that point. But yeah, the first conversation, I was straight up, do you want a lot of kids? Because I do. So if you don't, <laughs> no, that won't work. <laughs> we went through our checklist super fast. Nice. And if there was uh, uh, 
check marks we couldn't meet. It was like game over. No, no, no wasting time here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> well, Mackenzie doesn't waste time ever. <laughs> I think that's the the big thing to know about Kenzie is she is cut and dry. <laughs> she says that as it is. Yeah. And that kind of like shows in like, okay, how many kids do you want? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This will exactly. this will work. Works. Yeah. Well, I love that even though you guys didn't know each other very well. I mean, you you had no. met at a church conference, mm-hmm. right? Well, we knew it. I should go back just a teeny bit. Yeah. So, man, let's count back the years. I, I was 12 when I first met you. Yeah. Wow. And I would okay. have been 14, 15, somewhere right in there. Um, and your parents had come up to Calgary where I grew up. And uh, I have one brother, or sorry, one of your brothers, Trevor, is like six months older than me. And then your younger brother, Noah, is a couple years younger. So they hung out with me and my brothers, mm-hmm. played paintball did the cool boy stuff. So <laughs> early on, I thought you and your family were cool. Um, and then I guess as time progressed, I thought you were cooler and definitely better looking than your siblings. So <laughs> we did know each other more than just one church conference, gotcha. but I, we kind of, I, uh, we met in Spokane, um, with the intention of kind of wanting to hang out and spend a little more time together to mm. see if there was, um, any spark there okay. that could turn into a flame. So there was some interest, but we had known each other for yeah. yeah several years. So you knew of each other, you knew of each other's families, and so you knew about each other's world. Uh, and then when you really started to connect, you didn't waste time. You just said, hey, we need to make sure our values align. And that is beautiful to me. I think a lot of dating couples that reach out to us and ask questions, a lot of their questions pertain to when is it too early to start talking about serious stuff like values, money, how many kids we want, like all that. It's important to talk about very early on. What would your answer to that question be? For me, I mean, I'll, I'll let Kinsey speak for herself, but for me, um, I, I've learned just through other other relationships that I did have in life that once your emotions are involved, um, it's a lot harder to make clear judgments about values and stuff. Mm-hmm. So for me, I wasn't worried about if this isn't going to work, it's not going to work. It's probably not worth getting my emotions involved, start flirting with this girl. Um, she's cute. She's fun. But then find out that we share different values and then try to separate those emotions from that rational side of of what i wanted in life Mm -hmm. and in a spouse so for us i think she's probably the same way it was just man if this isn't going to work out now let's not build something that we have to take apart later let's just figure it out obviously that first conversation wasn't everything like obviously Mm -hmm. we got to know each other more and more but some of the biggest things in my life that i was looking forward to and wanting someone to join me and support me in that that was yeah, the biggest mm-hmm. indicator whether I wanted to before the emotions were involved and love that. So yeah. before emotions are involved, <laughs> yes, exactly. So especially good. long distance, right? <laughs> well, and especially when you have immigration to go through, which we were mm-hmm. going through that while we were actually still dating, going through the marriage process. It was a um, a ninety day. It was a K one visa, so it was mm. there was a lot more to it than just a regular yeah. relationship. Absolutely. <laughs> I want to hear more of the value sort of like, okay, you, you address faith. That's one category. But can you address other categories that are not just faith-based? Like what are other values that you were looking for? Did you have anything clear-cut in your mind beforehand? 
or um, did that kind of like, oh, I like this, I don't like this, as you were going through the process of finding out if Kinsey was the one? I mean, other values are obviously going to be, at least the highest priorities are um, family, uh, career money, that type of thing. Um, and then probably beyond that, just interests. Mm. So I guess knowing uh, Kinsey, your parents, and Adam, your parents, um, knowing them and learning about them early, seeing that family was so important. I mean, I have four brothers. We were close growing up. Um, and so family was always important and siblings. And so knowing, okay, she wants, she's not going to be one of these weird people to me that <laughs> wants to wait till she's 45 and then tries to have a kid or something that wasn't going to work for me. And so realizing that she wanted kids and she wanted, uh, more than maybe the average of two, um, mm -hmm. that was a value that to me that was met. What's mm -hmm. wrong with two? We're talking like seven kids. Oh, like, my yeah. From the well, first I mean, we're, we'll start at one. <laughs> we don't, we don't know. But, um, the other thing was obviously career two and, um, my mother, uh, she, she was a stay at home mom. Uh, Mackenzie's mom was a stay at home mom. Uh, raise the kids and I understand some people do it differently and that's if that works for them that's great but our own personal uh, objectives were to be able to do that where eventually Mackenzie did work the first few years of our marriage but eventually once we have children uh, she would be a stay-at-home mother and raise our children and eventually uh, even educate them we were both homeschooled as well so we just realized like man we were both homeschooled kids both of us have four siblings. Both of us are um, ambitious. We wanted that traditional. We both wanted that very traditional kind of mm -hmm. way of life where we were raised. And yeah. and that's around these days, but it's also a little bit harder to sure. come by. And yeah. that was a huge benefit for both of us. It's awesome. I love that. So, so values were faith, career, kids, kids money. Mm -hmm. And then, and then interest. I, I like interest. Yeah. Because people don't talk about this much, but in the counseling office, we get this, I would say fairly often. We're like, you know, we got along. We were attracted to each other physically. We were attracted to each other um, in other ways, but we run out of things to do. Or talk about because their interests mm -hmm. aren't the same. Or, or they run out of things to talk about. And that's difficult, right? When the communication breaks down or there's, it, you're not stimulating each other in that way that becomes difficult what about what about each other or were you looking for that did you guys do fun things while you're dating hey friends we'll be right back to our interview but one quick note if you love what you're listening to you might also enjoy going through our card decks that we designed to help couples stay connected and in each other's world so there's Foundations, which is our starter deck, and it's all about boosting your communication skills. And then there's Sexpectations, which is all about spicing up your intimate connection. And then there's Realizations, which is a deck for all couples, but especially dating or engaged couples who want to see how well they really know each other. So grab a deck or two, or three, by heading over to our website, dearyoungmarriedcouple.com slash cards. All right, back to the show. I grew up not playing traditional sports. I played more or did more of like the extreme sports, mountain biking, um, dirt biking, snowboarding, that sort of thing. 
and uh, you, Adam, and and Kinsey and her brothers did some similar things too. So, I mean, we went on my first trip to Wenatchee. We went on like three day <laughs> ski trip. That's what we did. <laughs> Came down to to meet her parents like officially and formally, um, and we just skied. And we spent time on the mountain. Uh, she came to Calgary. She went dirt biking with me. We did, uh, as soon as we were married, we both got into rock climbing. Um, and so we've done hobbies like that together. Uh, just fun things like that. We love going for bike rides around the town. I actually think I bought you a bike when we were dating. Yep, a fixed did. gear bike so you could ride around. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, we, we My connected. Valentine's exactly. Gift. We just, we, we enjoyed. I mean, we truly were best friends like i see some people in in relationships right and their spouse isn't their best friend they Mm -hmm. like perhaps they like basketball and they'll go play basketball with their boys but their wife is bored or something right Right. where i want to go for a bike ride i want to go climbing or dirt biking or whatever and Mackenzie is happy to do it with me Mm -hmm. um and so that was that was cool and i think what's interesting too is Mackenzie's actually good at it Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she might actually beat me if we're having yeah. a competition. True. <laughs> I, so, uh, I don't know, about a year ago, it's so funny. We went uh, golfing, but soccer golfing. And there's a whole bunch yes. of us. Oh, yeah. 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 And Mackenzie won. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Soccer That's golf. Great. Yeah, that so might funny. just be because you kings just have like a built-in competitiveness, <laughs> but <laughs> she took us out. True. <laughs> That's great. I love that you guys had fun together while you were dating, even though you were long distance. And when you were together, you made the most of it, even if that meant buying her a bike while she was yeah. visiting you. <laughs> That's excellent. Okay, so question for you guys. Let's kind of... Uh, dissect some of the benefits and risks of dating long distance. Um, what would you say helped you because you dated long distance, maybe compared to couples who don't date long distance? Uh, the biggest thing for me um, that has, I see to this day that has helped is our communication. Mm-hmm. You do, he doesn't know when necessarily I'm upset or when I've had a bad day at work mm-hmm. um, or vice versa. And Having to, you know, just have the phone to talk to each other, that was something that we had to break down how we were feeling, mm-hmm. what we were going through, and really communicate with each other. And I, I, I'm, not, I'm not the most natural communicator in some ways when I need to be. And I, I really do think from the dating time, mm-hmm. I really learned how to, we both really learned how to tell each other what we were needing or what we were upset about or what we were missing. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, it's, it's, that's been a huge benefit to this day. So, so speak to that maybe a little bit as time goes on, you get connected to this person emotionally involved. Mm-hmm. Those needs, you, you have different needs than you were. And they get single. magnified. Right. Yeah. So what did you have to do? Um, or how were you intentional with your communication? What'd that look like in your relationship? Yeah, maybe give some examples too. Okay, yeah, man, I couldn't agree more about the, I couldn't agree more about the the communication thing. Um, so when you're, like, communication's important, but sometimes when you're physically with a person, when you can see them, you pick up other cues that you wouldn't always get uh, just through a conversation where you might not see the person, their body language. I don't remember the stat, but somebody said it was like 92% of communication is body language, right? It's high anyways. So you don't always get that, uh, even through FaceTime, sure. <laughs> which was nice. But 
we had to be very specific. We would like very specific in what we meant or what we, if we wanted to talk about something, it couldn't be ambiguous and you couldn't expect the other person to kind of just cue in and go, mm-hmm. oh, they want to talk right now or, or whatever. Um, a funny example was like, uh, so I was always wanting to hang out with my buds. So I would go like after church or something, I would want to go hang out and drink tons of cappuccinos with friends <laughs> and Mackenzie wanted to talk and I wanted to talk to her too. I just didn't know that like maybe she wanted to talk sooner than later so that I didn't get tired and fall asleep before I had to go to work the next day. She wanted to actually have a conversation instead of just say, hello, miss mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was a, there was a few points where I didn't, pick up on that and maybe she didn't say it as clearly as she could have earlier on Mm -hmm. and so we had to learn be very specific don't assume that your partner can like read your mind i mean telepathy is cool but (laughs) it it really isn't as uh common in marriages (laughs) (laughs) so you have to and that's even helped us now is like communication it's not like you just master it. it's kind of like a muscle and so even still we're still practicing like if there's anytime there's any uh disagreement or one of us feels upset or frustrated we usually realize the cause of it was because we miscommunicated mm-hmm. our expectation or what we wanted or what we were feeling um and so just being insanely specific about you what you want is it's easier to figure out mm-hmm. or even if you disagree with your partner to maybe have a conversation about that. Um, but at least you know what you're talking about. We mm-hmm. also used to kind of even plan dates when we were long distance Aww. at this. We, we, there was only an hour difference, which was better than. Oh, in your time zone. Exactly. Yeah. And, and some, it was, it was pretty good. But what we did was we did actually date nights of um, at six o'clock on Friday night or mm-hmm. because he did like to fall asleep and he had, he worked a very hard job. And so sometimes (laughs) it would be later in the night and we wouldn't have much to talk about, um, you know, with what was going on, but that was something that we had to really perfect, which is really hard Mm -hmm. planning date nights over the phone and just talking to each other, but really asking how our week was or, Mm. you know, continuing to communicate in that sense. That's good. Yeah. I've heard of couples um, saving things for their spouse. I, I think it was uh, John Maxwell who said that there was a lot of times on his work where he came across something that would get him excited. And so then he would tell everyone around him that exciting thing or that fun thing. And then when he got home, it wasn't as exciting anymore. And so he wouldn't tell his wife. Um, and he decided, I'm going to keep things and tell them. To, and, and so that's that shows intentionality mm-hmm. about what you share and what you ask. Yeah. So now here's a question. Did you guys prepare questions or topics ever? Like, Hey, let's talk about this. Let's talk about money or let's talk about job or goals. Absolutely. We did many times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would put it on. I, I, love taking notes and writing to do's down. And that was something I, I do remember doing. I mean, obviously it was almost six years ago, so it's mm-hmm. been a little while, yeah. but yeah, we did write down, um, bullet points of, you know, what we were, what I was wanting to ask him or, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. life goals and what we were wanting to do with our life. And again, we had 
you know, immigration to work mm-hmm. with. So that was another thing that really took a lot of our time. That and filled your to-do list. Exactly. For we had a very thick stack of paper that we had to work with. So what's really cool though, is that concept of planning what to talk about on a specific night has made its way into your marriage. Even now, like I hear you oh, guys yeah. saying like, we, we have a plan to talk this weekend about the budget or about the, our goals for next year. Like you guys have very specific things that you're going to talk about and you plan that. Yeah. And I think that's, pr- that probably stemmed from your dating years yeah, or dating months. <laughs> 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 Almost a year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think that if you do that too, it probably fosters better conversation because it's easy to just sit with somebody and not always just have a conversation. It's, it's easy to just be like, how's it going? Good. Okay, cool. Sure. Um, but when you know you're going to have a conversation about something, hopefully you think about it a little bit. So you can actually have a better conversation and accomplish more. I know like we do that now too. Like I'll come home from work and she wants to know like everything that happened. It's (laughs) like, well, (laughs) I don't know how exciting it is like hammering nails, but I I can try to give you a play by play. But she wants to know like all the things that happened at work, any new news, um, any prospects for new jobs or do you Mm -hmm. run into any difficulties on jobs? So we still have like that. Mm-hmm. Like kind of planned, like breaking it down what to Adam was speaking to, like yeah. sharing those uh, moments. Mm-hmm. And, and I look forward to the same thing. I come home. I want to know if Nico, uh, if he took his naps, if he like all the all the mm-hmm. fun stuff of a 14 month old. Right. And so that's that's kind of <laughs> how cool many poopy too. diapers were there. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, totally. I love that. What would be some of the challenges that you experienced or maybe even for couples who are dating long distance right now some of the flags or risks of dating long distance emotions Mm. what about emotions it's it's all over the place you're missing that person and Mm. you want to spend time you want to spend a lot of time with that person and you know you for us knowing he was going to move he wanted to spend time with his brothers and his friends and that was always hard for me because I just wanted to talk all the time. And, <laughs> right. you know, it was it was really difficult with being long distance and missing that person and yeah. just feeling like nobody, uh, my friends and family joke about it all the time that, you know, that for almost a year they didn't see me <laughs> just because it, it is, it takes up a lot of your time. Yeah. And probably emotional energy. Ex- very emotional. Very mm-hmm. emotional. Yeah. Yeah. So. I remember that. Totally. Going, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. You do. He laid on his couch and in every state and almost cried. <laughs> so let me go back and explain. So uh, my parents sold our house, beautiful house in Sacramento, California. My parents wrote a book on parenting and then we bought a 53, 43, 42, 42, yeah. whatever foot trailer and travel the country with seven of us mm-hmm. <laughs> so five kids and the parents and uh it was it was interesting it was fun it was close confines <laughs> oh yeah but um <laughs> yo yeah but uh in, in that time right before it was funny right before i left to go on the road i had told myself i don't want a girlfriend i just kind of want to be a free agent <laughs> and just you know meet people and you know and then, of course, three months before we left on that trip, 
I started talking to Carissa. Uh-huh. <laughs> so and emotions were definitely high. Yeah, they really yeah. were. It's very. It, it was difficult. We I were, like that image of Kinsey said of you just laying on the couch in every stage, just crying yeah, with your hood up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. My hood of sorrowing. You still have that hoodie? Yes, yeah. I do. It's a keepsake. Yeah. But um. I, I remember going a long time without seeing you mm-hmm. and that was difficult too. Yeah. I think we went how many months? Four months I think was the four, longest. Four months. Yeah. And that was very difficult. Um, yeah. What would you guys say about, and maybe we'll chime in as well, but um, what would you say about the amount of time you go without seeing the person? What would you recommend for that time frame? So the first uh, from the first trip to the second trip was 66 days. And then after that, we made an agreement with each other that no matter what, there would be no more than I think it was 60 days. Okay. Um, so no matter like if either one of us had to take off work or uh, whatever the case, we would just find a way to go and visit each other. Um, and that was... That was probably still the longest that you could go. I mean, two months is, can be a long time. And that's the other thing going back to like the challenges is, I mean, you love this person, you want to be with them. Um, but the, I mean, thankfully, uh, early on, we recognized that we were both very faithful to each other in this relationship, despite the, the actual physical distance between us. But, um, it's easy to recognize how some couples might not be faithful to their spouse. What do you in mean by, time. what do you mean by faithful? Um, well, so obviously like emotionally faithful or, or even, even physically faithful. I mean, it's easy. Proximity is easy. If you're always in the company of somebody else, it would be too easy to, um, just allow yourself to share special moments and time and emotions with that person and then you would naturally share that less with uh, your 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 dating partner or your fiance or whatever it was. And so um, we had to make that commitment to each other early on and, and we did and we're thankful that we did. But it would be easier than maybe a, a couple who is just dating in the same city or even the same state or whatever it might be. That's good. What would you say would be um, a way, maybe some ideas we could brainstorm right here, what are some ways that um, couples can build trust when they're dating long distance and they don't, they don't know what each other's doing and, and who they're hanging out with? How can they over demonstrate that trustworthiness? At least even now, in our, I mean, we've been married for almost six years. And I mean, the longer we're married, the more it seems to me that trust is synonymous with transparency. So, I mean, like, there's nothing, there's no account that I have that Mackenzie doesn't have access to. There's no password or anything. I mean, if she wants my phone any second of the day, she could take it. And so, I mean, I don't, I, I can't say a hundred percent if I recall doing this while we were dating. Um, but it's like social media accounts or whatever. It's just like, if you're not immediately willing to give it to that person that you're in a relationship with, there's, possibility that you're trying to hide something from them and if if that's the case it's going to be really hard to expect them to trust you um and then the other thing is is i didn't feel like it would be fair for Mackenzie to trust me uh the level that i wanted to be trusted 
um, to be uh, emotionally faithful and, and, and faithful in all the other types of a relationship um, if I wasn't willing to trust her to that same degree. So for me, it was like, if she's, I have to take a, a leap of faith in a sense and, and believe that I have to, she'd almost have to prove my trust wrong for me not to trust her, which of course, if that were the case, it would have been insanely painful. But there is an element of you have to just believe what they say to be true when you're long distance. You're not with them. You don't know if if they say they're at home calling you and perhaps they're not. Perhaps they're doing something else, which would be very unfortunate and shame on the other person for lying. But you have to still give the benefit of the doubt to the partner. And that would mean that you take the opportunity to be transparent. But not in a weird way, like, here, let me prove where I am and who I'm with. But it could be like kind of sharing. Right. Here's what I'm doing and here are the people. Hey, say hi, everybody. Exactly. Because if you're, I mean, if you're overly transparent, that can also be suspicious too, right? Like, look, my browser data is clean. (laughs) Yeah. Because you just deleted everything, right? Like stuff like that. Um so there's a there's a balance. There's to it. yeah, you have to be you have to be reasonable with it. It's not like I mean if if and then the other side is, right? Like if if she were like, let me go through all your accounts right now, then I would have been like, man, that's kind of pushy. Overbearing and pushy. That kind of feels weird, which we weren't like that. But if she had asked like, "Hey, I mean, would it bother you if I had your account like login info?" Uh, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have bothered me, but she wasn't pushy with it. Yeah, there's that that balance that you speak to right there. No, honestly, I just trusted him. Really, I I didn't. I never really wondered yeah. if he was being faithful or I I could trust him. Because Nick, I think, is a pretty open person too. Exactly, and he doesn't really hide much. Or do I? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't. I'm, I'm an open book. So, Well, I think that goes back to what you said, that trust is synonymous with transparency. And so if you guys saw yourselves being, saw each other being very transparent. But I honestly never even thought about if he was trusting, if I trusted him or if he was doing anything else. Well, there was nothing I was to on ca- cloud nine. Right, but there was not much to cause you to start doubting or, or to worry because mm-hmm. um, when Nick says he's going to do something, he does it. He's, you know, pretty exactly. steady guy. Well, I think that's a good point to make too, that a lot of people who are dating are on cloud nine and they're not thinking about building trust and whether or not their significant other is trustworthy. And so it's good just to hear conversations like this when you're dating to go, Oh, wait, wait, wait. is, is my boyfriend, girlfriend transparent? Cause if not, that's a conversation we need to be having. Yeah, they're going to show you, obviously, they're they're going to put their, what is it saying, the best foot to London? Uh-huh. They're going to show you their best side. When you're dating, you're obviously not going to show your uh, partner the, maybe the idiosyncrasies you have. And they will come out over time. Oh, like, yeah. don't get me wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Like, it does, it is true that your, your uh, partner or your spouse eventually, like, they do get coffee breath, right? Like, at some point, <laughs> cloud nine uh, loses its ability to float. And... Um, you do see if they're, if, if they're all that they talked themselves up to be or led themselves to be to you. So yeah, definitely have to show that. All right. So we've talked about some of the challenges to long distance dating. Um, and I think 
one of the things that we need to talk about that we seem to uh, give advice about a lot mm-hmm. is boundaries. Um, so what we noticed in ourselves and watching other couples, when you have long distance, when you are distance dating, um, and then you get together, you're, you're finally in that person's presence, it's so easy to forget we need to have boundaries, mm-hmm. uh, physical boundaries, but also, okay, let me back up from that. Boundaries even over the phone. Mm-hmm. Totally. Like, cause sexting is a thing now, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what were some boundaries? Did you guys expressly talk about boundaries for yourself in person and over the phone? Or is that just something that happened naturally from, for you guys? No, I, I remember talking about it. Mm-hmm. definitely with when we would see when we were going to see each other soon and we had a date plan and stuff we did talk about boundaries and it's so easy to cross especially not seeing that person and mm-hmm. having that built up emotion and an excitement exactly and yeah. so we did have to talk about boundaries and making sure for us we were younger and um we always did chaperones and that was something that was very needed in our, in our relationship. <laughs> why Why is a chaperone a beneficial thing? So a chaperone is like a accountability partner when uh, you can't guarantee that your, your partner is. It's kind of like a conflict of interest, right? It's like, oh, they're my accountability partner. But yeah, you both have the same desire. So, um, and that's the thing with boundaries. So you set a boundary, you should probably set a safe boundary because let's be honest, you're probably going to cross a little bit of the boundaries. So I'm just going to be honest. It's probably safe to set the boundary, uh, maybe more conservative because there's a good chance that you've been away from each other for a month, maybe two months. And of course there's uh, that physical attraction and you want to be with that person. Um, and so you give them a hug when you see them and you're sitting beside them. Um, and it's, I mean, if you're a normal person, your affection grows and you want to, then you want to cuddle a little bit. And so if you have, and this is God given, like yeah, we, we're, we're designed to do that. Right. And so if you set a clear boundary and a conservative boundary, like I say, set it to where, and, and it has to be clear. You can't assume that your partner knows or gets it right did you ever write it down we did write some we did write some boundaries down i can't say i i'm not the writer mackenzie was the writer she yeah, probably we, wrote down we a lot did more. especially in the beginning um yeah very that's good. what we recommend for a lot of couples we say okay you guys need to have a conversation and write down okay are you allowed to hold hands are you allowed to kiss where are your hands going you know like and let's just so i we get very specific it's not like you know not just ambiguous it's very clear the clearer they are the clearer your boundary lines are the harder it is to cross them good and we had each other during times when you know we we did have to help each other and say hey look this is where we our our lines are drawn we had to help each other at different times one had to help each other more just to make sure we weren't crossing those boundaries that's so good i love that you talked specifically about accountability And I think no matter your age, whether you are 18 or you are 35 or older, you have to have accountability in your life when you're dating 
And when you're married, you still need accountability. You need mentor couples to connect with and you need to be accountable to each other. And so I love that you brought that into the conversation when we're talking about boundaries. So do you guys have any recommended reads? I know that uh, you guys are both readers. Uh, what would you recommend for couples to read? The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. I think that's just a good read. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, for sure. I mean, sure. even if you're not in a relationship, it's a good read. Yeah, yeah but, it is. Uh, but I think that's really helpful. Especially when we didn't, at the end of the day, we didn't really know each other until we got married. And so mm -hmm. knowing what we really needed in the relationship something that really we needed was extremely, that was huge for me. That was mm -hmm. a big help. Knowing each other on that deeper level. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I wish we had a dear young married couple when we were dating. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been very nice. <laughs> kind of weird though, coming to you guys for like relationship advice while yeah. we're dating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That I probably wouldn't have uh, jokes, listened. Like, I think so we threw I really in like your sister, dude. This is how I feel about her. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> like, I, um, I think we did throw in some books to your bridal shower gifts, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> that is funny. All right. So uh, we, before we get to our dear young married couple letter, for those who are listening, if you are enjoying what you're listening to, we would love it if you left a review. And the more reviews we have, the more couples we can reach. So it means a lot. All right, you guys, moving on to our dear young married couple letter. Thinking back to that beginning of your marriage, those first couple years, write a letter and fill in the blank, dear young married couple. And with Fill in the blank with the advice that you wish you would have received. Dear young married couple, remember that your spouse, all the things that you loved about them, remember to continue to love that about them, whether it's their adventurousness or um, the way they make you feel when you come home or when they, the way they first made you feel when you got home. Uh, just remember that those, the little things that they did the daily things are the things that will continue to happen through the rest of your life and be thankful for those things. I'm a planner. I write everything to do in, in our dating life and we wrote everything out and something I would say to me and people like me, dear young married couple, what you wrote down for what you're going to do with your life might not be where you are, but know that that was the best thing. Enjoy the journey. Well, thank you guys so much for being a part today. And uh, I'm sure you guys at some point will be back on. And I'm sure it's going to help a lot of dating couples. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at dearyoungmarriedcouple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week.